<laughs> Give and it will come back to you. Treasure, treasure, stick it together, run it over. Give and it will come back to you. When you give, hold you to the Lord. Give, it will come back to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, run it over. Give, and it will come back to you. When you give, give to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. When it comes to matters of giving, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's an issue that is a bread and butter issue, as somebody would say. Um, it's an issue that we experience its consequence right on earth, even before we make it to heaven. Um, we are continuing, let's say, the part two of the topic, Christian giving and titan. Christian giving and titan. And um, last um, time we, we talked about the, I think, seven or eight kinds of giving and, and what each one does in our life. And uh, we explain why the misunderstanding of the different types of giving has led to people's very weird theology about giving. Actually, uh, we talked about charity, honoring appearance, sea sowing, first fruit offering, um, tithe paying, giving to men and women of God, and then special offering, uh, what we call project offering. So these kinds of giving and what each one is supposed to do in our life. Today we are going to the, <laughs> the elephant in the room, they say, Titan. Yeah, one of our pastors. Um, I think he's even the one now in charge of, or he has moved. He's been in charge of PCC. He says, if you don't tight, you'll be tight. <laughs> that was his saying. If you don't tight, you'll be tight. If there is a giving that people have questions around, it's tightened. And it's for good measure because, as Paul said, Christians are very conscious of anything which resembles a law because we have been brought up to believe we are their grace. We are very weary of anything that says you must do a particular thing of a particular percentage. For many Christians, it's a reminder of the law and therefore they don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, graciously, I because I wanted to be sure of what I was going to say, I went through the entire uh, tenets on Titan. I went through it back to back because I wanted to be sure that I get exactly what is being said. And I could get from that teaching that it was a, those who work on that, it was a very <laughs> difficult job <laughs> to do. You know, how did I know? Because there were many quotations that were unpublished. See, when you see that, it's when you are doing project and you quote a lot of unpublished, then you can see that the published one was some way. So uh, <laughs> the only ones they could refer to were unpublished. Most of them were unpublished. But tithing, according to um, what was taught, tithing is something that was, is part of 
part of our tradition. In other words, when you are on the land of an owner, when you get something, you go and give him a percentage. It's just a practical thing. It was practiced in ancient times by Africans, by Arabs, by it's, it's just a normal practice. When you, when you kill something on somebody's land, your landlord, your law, you go and give a portion to, to him and it is mandatory. It's not something you give, you pay. It's, it's not a given, it's, it's something you pay, you don't give, actually. It's just like the one we talked about, when you vow, you vow to give an offering. Yeah, that one we talked about the last time. So, essentially, as we know, tithing is just a tenth, a tenth of something. That is a tithe. And so normally when we say you are tithing, you are giving a tenth of your offering, actually. Now, most of the time, there are arguments, and, and these are both Pentecostal. It used to be that in Pentecostal circles, it was mostly, almost exclusively universal that Pentecostals, or the people we call in uh, um, America's evangelicals, were almost unanimous on tithing. But of late, some naysayers have arisen, and what are the reasons they are citing, for which reason they don't want to um, believe tithing is, is um, supposed to be continued. For them, tithing is something of the law. That's basic. It's a law, and um, they even quote what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, where he says that you are ignoring the weightier part of the law. Ah, so they say tithing is a product of the law, and we are no longer under law, we are under grace. But um, the Bible says we are under the law of life. We, we are still, we are not under the uh, Mosaic law, but we are still under some law. Otherwise, we can do anything we want. But they believe it is a matter of law, and Christ has redeemed us from everything of the law. Again, um, they also say that basically most of the tithing was in food. You know, animals, herbs, and the rest. And, and mostly was not in money. And, and they argue that money was in existence at the time, and yet most of the tithing, they sent it in food. Because it was supposed to be provisions for the house of God. So that's one of the other arguments they always make. Provision for the house of God. So it was not money, but food. It was from food products. Um, and they also admit that the people who were given the tithe were um, farmers. So basically that's what they, they had. But then they also had money. But then they were never told to bring money. Uh, so that was the, that's the argument they give. And then they also give the argument that the tithe was meant for the Levites who did not get an inheritance amongst the brethren. And the argument is who is the Levite among us now? Because the Bible says that we are all royal priesthood, a holy nation. So who is now the Levite that we are tied into? And then finally they say that the tithe was supposed to be to the temple. The Bible says that the place where I will place my name was supposed to be sent to the temple. The temple of Solomon, the, the, the temple of Herod, all of those temples are being destroyed. So which temple are we sending the tithe to? So basically, these are the arguments they make. In fact, according to them, giving in Christian circles is now gracious and sacrificial giving, which has no percentage. 
that you can give all you want or you can give some that no there's no percentage so these are the the naysayers the argument they make actually the naysayers the argument they make and then the proponents um and one of them is the church of pentecost says tithing was before the law and and that is genesis chapter 28 verse 20 to 22. yeah we are talking about jacob making a promise to god that lord when you if you take me there and bring me back safely i'll give you a tenth of all you know i'll give you a tenth of all the point that jacob made that promise to god should infer that it was a practice that jacob was used to but the naysayers say he only said it once therefore it meant he did it once that is conjecture because jacob said it because it was something that was on his heart and he was even going to another territory and he still wanted to go and carry it out there so he meant something that he had seen being done and that he had seen it work and wanted to continue now the we also say that tithing has been said in hebrews has been said in hebrews you know they say normally when we are making the argument that tithing is the new testament they will say that the bible says that jesus was not called after the order of Aaron. in other words jesus was born out of the tribe of judah so he did not qualify to be a priest but bible says that jesus had been made our priest in fact he is our very high priest as far as hebrew is concerned therefore jesus was not made a priest after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek, who was also not um, a descendant of Levi, and yet he was a priest of Salem. In other words, Jesus is the similitude, the, the, is similar to Melchizedek, who had no beginning, no end, no parentage. Now, the, the, the proponents of Titus say, if Jesus is the, similar to Abakisadek and not Aaron, then it means that those who are also not of the Levitical line and are priests can also, after the order of Jesus, also take tithe. Because Jesus was not a Levite, he took tithe. And he was similar to Abakisadek who took tithe and, and was not a Levite. So the argument they are making is that the argument that nobody is a Levite, nobody is a Levite, so nobody can take tithe. They are countering that argument by saying Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was not a priest after the order of Aaron, so he did not have to become a Levite. In other words, Jesus was not Levite, and yet in, uh, Jesus can take tithe. Yes, and since Jesus is a priest forever, it means that the tithe also should be forever, actually, because the priest who is taking the tithe is not going to ever die. It lives forever. Therefore, the tithe also remains forever. So that is a counter argument that um, the believers in tithe also also give. And then they also say that the people who are saying that the Levites didn't have an inheritance, and, and 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 that is why they are giving tithe. In the same way, the pastors we have now, the full timers, they also don't have any door. They don't have any way of fending for themselves. They are fully committed themselves to the work of God. And by reason of that, just as the Bible says, he who is Muslim and he who is treading a corn, should, the mouth should not be Muslim. He should eat from the very corn that he is helping to, to actually, actually grind. In other words, you eat from where you are working. 
So that is the argument that is they, they also make. These ones have left everything like the Levites, have left their jobs and the rest, and they are ministering in the house of God. They have the qualifications, not that it's business or anything, but they have committed themselves to God. They are doing exactly what the Levites were supposed to do. Hence, they are entitled to the support of the other brethren who are still working. So that's the argument they make. But if you look at, um, and then, yeah, so that's the second or third, third. And additionally, you see that somebody also says something that's funny, and actually it's true, he said, if God chose someone for not bringing all, because he had promised to bring all, then what makes us think that it's too much for God to ask us for 10%? You know, somebody said you bring God 100%, and then you got it, and yet he was killed. Um, I think I explained that yesterday. Last, um, last Wednesday that it was a vow and God is not interested in people who make vows and they break it but then God was interested in the poor man God did not say you are not under the law so if you have decided let me look at you with grace and then yes and Zafira he said no you said all so I want all and so he killed them so one man of God said if God will ask for all then I'm shamelessly going to ask for that percent <laughs> If God is not bothered asking for all, then I am not bothered asking for 10%. You know? So that is the argument that the other side also makes. The observations I want to make why um, you let me go to let me go to my test and I'll come to it governing to our time in this time. Tithing under the law. There are certain aspects of tithing, which is the law type of tithing. And it, the, the, we have problems with tithing just because we want to implement a tithing outside of the law as if it was under the law. That's the problem we are having mostly. Uh, yes. One of them was that the tithing under the law was that you must take the first ten. The first ten. Hallelujah. In other words, if the animals are, are you know, your flock has increased by hundred, the first ten that come out is the tithe. And that was by law. That was established by law. Um, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. I mean, when you read Leviticus chapter 30, 27, it explains the type. By law, remember when Abraham, um, Abraham and the rest were talking about tithing and the rest, they didn't give any specifics. Yes. They don't give you a tithe at all. But when it became part of the law, like Jesus said, one of the specifics that was added was that the tithing must be the first time. That's why sometimes people confuse tithing with first fruit. First fruit is a more general term for the first fruit that come out of your planting, out of your garden, out of your farm. But then some sort of it under the law also was the first time. Was the first time, which was the tithe. And then the law also said, and usually people quote it, the law also said that if you redeem any of the first ten for any reason, you have to pay interest on it. That was also an introduction of the law. An introduction of the law. And then the law also, that was an introduction of the law. So these, these two, these two are introduction. Like, yes, and then the law also said, that's what we normally like to put in Malachi 3, 10, uh, coming. And when Jesus was complaining, uh, God was complaining about the priest. 
He started with a priest. I'm not quoting many of the scripture because I happen to, <laughs> I'm having elders here actually. So I'm not having the local, that's why I'm not quoting. But when you read the Malachi 3, most of the scriptures, uh, he was initially talking to the leadership, to the priest. And many of the against Thai people, they quote that scripture, that he was not talking to the nation. But subsequently getting down, he said, you have, you have brought God, the whole nation. He didn't, then he had moved from the priest. He was referring to the whole nation. It was mandatory. In fact, when you read the, the title, it was under the column of vows. It was under the vows column. When you were reading in, uh, I think it done numbers or numbers 18, 20, 24, let me go 27. Tithing was under the column of vows. In other words, tithing was not a voluntary offering. Tithing was not a free will offering. Tithing was not a project offering. Tithing was compulsory. It was by law, it was by force. And in fact, going against the tithe was sinning. It was literally sinning. I wish I had a time to go into it. But going against the tithing was just like any other sin under the law. And so, with that, with that inspiration, people usually call such things which was under the law. Once you went against the law, it was, uh, against tithing, it was just like you, you, you made a vow and you have refused to redeem it. Therefore, he said, you have all cares with a case. See, this is another part which, which is a controversy. Bible says, and then quote this scripture. The Bible says that I will redeemed from every curse of the law. Well, as part of the tithing, you could be cursed under the law. And that will say that curse, curse of all of you. For all of you have robbed God. And, and, and so the robbing God thing is also a portion under the, under the law. So normally when people are quoting scripture and they want to explain, they want to, they want to, cajole people or encourage people to pay and then people are being stubborn then they go to the law <laughs> then they start quoting Leviticus because that is where the, it punches they start quoting Leviticus things um, the first term has come out I mean um, and then if you forget one you must redeem 25% and the rest and then um, what do you call it if they start quoting those things you are robbing God with the nation that is why if you read, if you look at the Malachi 3, he also talks about some other offering. He said tithe and offering. The question we ask ourselves as Christians is that which of our offerings is a robbing against God? Which one is it? Is it a free will offering or the seed offering? Or the charity offering? Which one do we, if we don't give you a robbing God? So he was talking purely in the context of the law. But for, for an institution with stubborn and, 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 and people who are willing to give, usually we have to appeal to the law to put us in shape. So that is where it is. And then let's continue with what again the law said. And let's, let, let's read this one. Uh, Tiny under the law, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 to 34. Leviticus 27. Let's read this so that we understand purely. Um, Tithing under the law. Let me go chapter 27, verse 30 to 34. Let me cross. Oh, yes. Yes, you can read. From men and sheep, a type of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees. Yeah. 
So even the, the way the animal is supposed to be said, but I don't think if you are going to, if you have a lesson plantain, you are going to wear it. That is why the Pharisees were counting within this. It was because it was under the law. Yeah, yeah. So if, if they are taking a lesson plantain, they, they take back a, they, they count the fingers 10 to the law. <laughs> Imagine how, how you will suffer. So it, it was a begging something. In fact, if you read throughout the, um, the period of the Israelites, they hardly kept this thing for long. Have you observed that? Look, look, read from the Kings Chronicles. Hardly did the Israelites keep tithing for long. Uh, they would keep under David for some time. They would keep under Solomon. Uh, they would keep, and sometimes they even forgot about it completely. I think at the time of Josiah also, they even forgot it or something called tithe. It was when they found the book of the law again. They said, hey, we were supposed to be doing this and this. Tithe, and they are completely forgotten. So it was not something they did. But at, by the time Jesus came, when the Pharisees had come, zealous and the rest, they, re, they, they reawoken the whole thing, and now they were doing it with all of them, actually. And so this idea also, so somebody wants to give a, a tithe, you, I'll come back to that, I'll come to that. Somebody wants to give a tithe, the person wants to count <laughs> the first, if it is a thousand cities, you want to count the first hundred. These are all law things, things of the law. And it is also becoming a hindrance to people and the way they pay their tithe. Let's go to uh, Leviticus tithe. Um, yes, so the first tithe, and, and this is one of the things that I also misunderstood for a while. In fact, I used to fight it for some time, but reading back the tenet again, I'm realizing that I think that rendering may rather be right. That the tithes, the, the type of tithes are three. Um, and, and therefore, under the law, the tithes were three. They are not just one tithe. And um, the first type is the general type, which is Numbers chapter 18, verse 20 to 24. Numbers 18, 20 to 24. Numbers 18. Numbers 18. 20 to 24. you will not, you will have no inheritance in the land, nor Will you have any share among them? I have your share and your inheritance among the Israelites. Yes. I give to the Levites all the tithes mm-hmm. in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving at the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. From now on, the Israelites must not go near the tent of meeting, mm-
prepare the consequences of their sin and will die. Mm -hmm. It is the Levites who are to do the work at the tent of meeting mm -hmm. and bear the responsibility for offenses against it. This is a last this is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Mm -hmm. They will receive no inheritance among the Israelites. Yes. Yeah, so, like I, uh, just as I was saying earlier on, they were specifically told that they will be paid with the tithe, actually. And, and this time it was not just the priest, but the entire Levitical order. In other words, some of them were, were guards, some of them were, I mean, cleaning the boat. But the whole system that took care of the church, that is, if it was now, we say, live bill, water bill, that whole system was taken care of by the tithe. Now, the, the naysayers will say, oh, but that was a geocracy. You know, they'll say it was a geocracy. And then, but at this time, we are not under geocracy. And then they, they forget that about, we say we are in the kingdom of God. Or we are no longer in the kingdom of God. <laughs> they'll, they'll forget that we claim to be in the kingdom of God. If you are no longer under geocracy, why are we in the kingdom of God then? We say we are in the kingdom of God now. We, we are, and we even pray that your kingdom should come. And yet they say we are no longer under the, uh, in the theocracy. Well, because there was a theocracy. That is how come the Levites were asked to, um, the Israelites were asked to pay 10% to support God's workers. The question is, are, are we still not having God's workers? Or do we no longer have God's workers? Are we still not having things dedicated to God that we have to take care of? That is the thing. So that was the general type. And then there was a Levitical, um, even though that appears, if you look at it, it's still talking about Levitical. Levitical tithe. See, the, the priests were supposed to also tithe, uh, the, the Levite were supposed to tithe the tithe to the priest. In other, in other words, among the Levites, there were priests and then there were Levites. They were supposed to tithe the tithe to the Levites. Generally, if you were giving an example now, it's like all the presbytery are supposed to be taken care of with the tithe. And then we are the only ones who go to the, who work on, around the church and on the church and the rest. Presbytery, we are, some of them are guys, nobody's paid. And then the presbytery would then take a tithe of the money we are giving and give it to the pastor. Mm. So the Levi were also tithing. And, 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 and that, was, that was that. But let's read the Levitical tithe and see whether this is the one we are talking about. It's a different one. Numbers 18, 25 to 31. Numbers 18. Oh, I'm open there, yeah. And the Lord, that's what you read. Okay, okay, okay. I think, the, I think, 25 to 31. Uh -huh. 25 to 31 says, And the Lord speak unto Moses, saying, Thou speak unto the Levites, and say unto them, When you take of the children of Israel the tithe which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then ye shall offer up an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. This and this your heave offering shall be reckoned unto you as though it were the corn of the threshing floor, and as the uh, fullness, and as the fullness of the winepress. That ye also shall offer and heave offering unto the Lord of all your tithes which ye receive of the children of Israel, and ye shall give thereof the Lord's heave offering to Aaron the priest. Out of all your gifts, ye shall offer every heave offering of the Lord of all the uh, best thereof, even the hallowed part thereof out of it. Therefore thou shalt say unto them, when ye have heaved the best thereof from it, then it shall be counted unto the Levite 
as the increase of the threshing floor and as the increase of the wine press. In other words, it would be like you, you, you farmed and you had it, like that it came out of your farm. You treat it like it came out of your farm. That's what he said. And ye shall eat it in every place, and ye shall eat in your household for it's your reward for your service in the tabernacle of the congregation. So it was not because they were they were a tribe, it was because of the work they did. So this one also goes against the first day saying that you needed to be a Levite to receive a tithe. It was not because they were Levite, it was because they were doing God a service. And because of that, they were not supposed to work. That was, that was just the thing. And then we have festival tithes, which is Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 17. Deuteronomy 12, verse 17. Deuteronomy 12, verse 17. Um, Deuteronomy 12, verse 17. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, or of thy oil, or the firstlings of thy head, of thy flock, nor any of thy vows, with thy vows, nor thy free will offering, or heap offering of thy hand. So here he's mentioned several of the several, uh, several of the uh, uh, tithes. Yes, uh, uh, several of the offerings. Now we have the 14. Uh, no, is it, yeah, let me go to 14. Oh, I've read the 14 already. In the which the Lord shall choose in one of, of thy tribe, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings. And then let's go to uh, 14, verse 22 to 27. 14, Deuteronomy 14. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which ye shall choose to place his name. There the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thy oil, and the firstlings of thy head, and of, the, of thy flock, that thou may learn to fear the Lord thy God. And, um, and if, the, if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, then the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then thou shalt turn it into money and bind up. So the idea that tithe could not be money, here too we've seen that tithe could be money. And bind up and the money in thy hand, and thou shalt go into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow the money for whatever thy soul lasteth after, for oxen, for sheep, for wine, for strong drink, or for whatever thy soul desire. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thy household. And the Lord that is within thy gate, thou shalt not forsake him, for he has no part, uh, no inheritance with thee. With thee. So, here, uh, the 27th is reminding them not to forget to give to the Levite because it's making us clear that this is not the tithe that is meant for the Levite. Okay. The, the issue then is that then, then are we giving a tithe? Are we giving a tithe or we are giving a, a, a double tithe actually? You know, if, if the explanation is given this way. Why am I saying? Because the contention of people has been that according to them, the festival tithe is a tithe that um, some we go as far as saying there's something called a welfare tithe. Yes, let me come to it this year. Charity tithes. Aha. Uh-huh. 
So there's a general tithe, there's a Levite, Levitical tithe, there's a festival tithe, and there's a charity tithe. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28 to 29. At the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thy increase the same year, and shall lay up within thy gates. And the Levites, because he had no part nor inheritance with thee, is mentioned the Levites again. The stranger, the fatherless, the, and the widow which are within thy gate shall come and shall eat and be satisfied and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hand with thou, uh, with thou doest. So the naysayers say, when Christians claim to be paying tithe, which of the tithe are they paying? Is it the general tithe, the festival tithe, or the charity tithe? And others also say that, you know, that's what I was saying, that because of the mix up of the scripture, that's why sometimes we have some questions. Others also say, why are we instead of using the time for charity we are using it to build houses and pay pastors because they believe the tithe is one they have one type let me um the, the church gives an example as i said they give an example from the book of toby <laughs> if i was only in the tenets of the church that i realized that we could go from apocrypha <laughs> that's the state to which you could see they were struggling to get sources so they were quoting from Apocrypha. And Apocrypha, we have a book called a book of Tobit. So they quoted from that. Why did they open the book of Tobit? Because it may not be canonical, it may not be a book of the Bible, but it is a historical book. Because it was written years ago. I mean, I think if that was it before the New Testament. It was quite it's quite old. So at least they could they could source it as a historical reference. And what was what was being said in the book of Tobit? A man was describing how he paid his tithe. And he was saying that when he, when he goes to Jerusalem, he takes a tithe of his offering to give us his, uh, the general tithe. Then the 90% left, he takes a tithe of it, actually, of the 90% left. So that would be, uh, and, uh, yes, uh, nine, a tithe of, of it. And then he, give, uh, he, he uses it to organize, maybe, there's a festival, one of the festivals, I think, uh, the Passover, one of the Passover, yes. One of the first, I think the Passover, so it came right after the tithe. And so then you can use it to organize um, the festival. In other words, the, the tithe for Chop Chop, <laughs> for Chop Chop before the law, so that um, the poor, the needy will get something to eat, it was, was the, the next tithe, uh, the next tithe, which was the festival tithe. And then um, when it came to the charity tithe, every three years, every three years, that particular type because we read he said at the end of three years that shall bring forth all the tithe of thy increase in the same year. in other words this time in the three years bring all the tithe in that year and here when they say all the tithe see sometimes you are asking is this a 10 percent you mean all the tithe or they are talking about all the different type of tithes you know is this that all the all means that the all means or the ten, or does it mean the different types? But what he was saying was that at, on, in the, on the third year, you, add, you you take the tithe, and then um, here I'm not sure whether it is all three of them or one tithe out of the uh, the general ten percent tithe. But then this is where this is the one you use for the widow, the 
you know, for charity and the rest. In other words, God had arranged the tithe such that nobody would be left out. The, the, the Levites were key, the poor needy was key, and then the person himself who had been blessed of God also needed to enjoy the title. And therefore, what is the um, modern equivalent? Uh, five minutes, let me, all right. What's the modern equivalent of all of this? That's for our tithe is to help provide us with a comfortable place to sit. It will, it will help take care of us so that we can have qualified and serious people to, to teach us, to, to speak to us concerning the word of God. We can hire them in terms of pastors to have full-time commitment. The tithe is, is it's supposed to make us generally feel good as Christians in terms of the things a house provide. But the church, because of this, you know, and, and they quoted Apostle Bokunina when he said that some time passed, people used to set money aside for conventions. For conventions, yes. The tithe, when it comes to general tithe, the church is saying that when we say tithe, we mean the general tithe. And it's tithe on, on gross, on everything, increase, gross. <laughs> tithe on gross, and it's tithe on everything that comes to us. In other words, all of those that come to us should come to the church. And once they come to the church, it will pay pastors, it will take off utilities and, and other things. And then we then go back as Christians because we are no longer paying charity tithe. We organize another offering called welfare offering. And then that welfare offering, we use it to take care of our welfare. And then when there's some trouble, they will organize another offering. But just that the other two offerings will not be 10%, but will be accordingly. Do, do I have a quotation for it? No. It's a practice which they have learned from the Old Testament. Now, in conclusion, these things, sometimes it comes to, they say, personal experience. It comes to what you have experienced. You ask the man of God, this thing, is it a sin or not? He said, I don't know whether it's a sin or not. The only thing I know is that when I do it, I don't feel fine. <laughs> so, so long as when I do it, I don't feel fine, I don't do it. So, what is the basis? What has happened to me? Personally, because of some of these things, I remember years ago, um, at a point in time, was it after, after you mentioned something? I stopped paying the time for some time. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for me. So I was determined before I, I was determined before I got married, not only to pay the tithe, but to keep a record. So for me, I can go back and show you the tithe I was paying uh, more than 10 years ago. And then you yourself can observe how the tithe has ballooned above promotion, above inflation, like above everything. The tithe has so ballooned that sometimes my tithe can pay a whole graduate by the grace of God, month by month. But when it started, it was difficult for me. But when I realized that, even if I, I mean, as I was, I need no other argument. Is, is it wrong for me to give 10% of my money to, to support it? That's the question I ask myself. What is wrong with it? What is legalistic about it? What is draconian about it? To give 10% of my income to support the work of God. That's why when I'm here, I'm serious because I know at least 10% of my money is coming here. I take the church extremely serious. Because it's one of the places where a lot of my money goes to. Most people, um, who can't, you know, they don't care anything about the church. Because no, not much of, 
what they give is just tip, is just stress to God. But if you are giving huge sums of money to the church consistently every month, you 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 think about the church because a lot of money is going there. I I have observed it and I can see. So for me, I don't believe in the practice that you don't keep record of tithe. Hey, <laughs> you should keep record because how do you keep record of your guilt? I mean, so for me. I track my income by my tithe, not the other way around. So, because because my tithe is far far multiples of my of my salary. So, tracking my my income by my salary, I'll miss the tithe. Anytime I get an income, I I pick my diary. I always use my diary. Then I write the equivalent tithe. I write the equivalent tithe. And by the by the grace of God, I realize that every month I get multiples of my income as tithe, multiples. Now, so for me, even if it is a, an modern culture or custom, it's working for me. I like, I, I like it because I'm seeing that I don't know what it is doing, but it is actually I'm benefiting from it more than whoever is benefiting from it. Some of them will say, but can't you see your pastor is doing far better than you are doing and the rest? <laughs> That's one of the arguments. Can't you see he's riding Rolls Royce and you are walking? Indeed, the pastor is required to pay tithe. He's also a tithe payer, so he could, he could have been coming out of the blessing the Lord has blessed him with. The point is that the death of Jesus on the cross, if we gave him everything, we would not have done much. If we give him everything we earn, it would not even be enough. Therefore, giving him 10% is not enough. And just like I said in conclusion, the last time, if you cannot trust a church with 10% of your income, you have no business trusting the church with your eternity. Trusting the church with your with your going to heaven. If you think the church is not good enough to take 10% of your income, then that same church is far, far, far more not good enough to take it to heaven. Because that is a far greater matter than 10% of your income. Statistics have shown that Christians when are told to give freely and told to give willingly without any percentages. They hardly give even up to five percent of their income. In fact, they have done they have done research in America and realize that average Christian does not give more than five percent of his income. That is why the tithe is such a tiny issue, especially in America. In America, go to YouTube for every every video that talks about tithe. You have about hundred that talks again tithe. Yes, and somebody somebody will say, but the Americans are prospering. Hey, really? Have you checked their debt? But the Americans are prospering. No, check the the many of the things they have, they are borrowed. And most of them, in fact, according to one statistic, if you pick America, you will only get 5% who have a $1,000 as savings. Not even five. They can't even show you $1,000 as savings. Most of what they have have been borrowed. Cars have been borrowed. Houses are mortgage. So it is not a blessing. It's not like you, everyone have a house, you build it yourself. You, you, you just pay mortgage. You have a car, you go and buy it, cash down, no. So it is not a blessing. Those who have found the tithe and have become more disciplined with their money. Anybody who does not pay tithe is also the same person who does not take care of the money properly. The hundred percent does not satisfy anybody. People have done 90% and are doing far better. Because you know you have 90%, so you are more particular with it. If a church is not deserving of your 10%, that church is not deserving of your of your membership if the pastor is not is not deserving to benefit from your 10 percent that pastor is not deserving to preach to you 
Because your salvation is more important than the 10% of your income. We therefore cannot claim a pastor is not deserving of tithe and at the same time sit under the administration of that pastor. Because salvation is far, far more higher than 10% of our income. So if that person is not worthy to take 10% of our money, then that person is not worthy to pray to us. We should find a church which is worthy to take it. Oh, but people are abusing the money. Yes, our state abuse, abuses our, our money. We are still paying tax. We have not stopped because it's needed. It's not all the time that to be abused. All the excuses we can give in this world, we just should practice it. And practice it faithfully. Practice it with pen and ink. Practice it record by record. Practice it. Bible says, test me with it. Test me with it. Test me with it. And just let God with it. And as I was saying, don't allow anybody to intimidate you into legalisms and legalese that will discourage you. Oh, because you didn't take the first hundred, you have spotted. No, no. It's 10%. He didn't say ten percent in the middle. In the that is the one to do with the law. Don't let somebody tell you that you are going to hell because you didn't pay tithe. Hey, then, then Jesus said, Jesus called paying tithe lesser matter of the law. Can you imagine? How can the lesser matter of the law take you to hell? He said the justice, you know, justice and what? He said justice and something. It are heavier matters, and tithing is a lesser matter. Anybody who raises tithing about moral living and pleasing God, that person is, is also overdoing it. Our life to please God has to do with the way we love God and we love our neighbor. Tight is, is the thing that takes care of our relationship with God on earth and our monetary matters and the rest. Once we die and go to heaven, there will be no tithing over there. Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah, so it is here that we are going to do it. And we, even though people want to, People need to stress it because it is, it is about 80% of, of most churches' income. 80%. Sometimes it's that much. So, so any attack on it is an attack on the church. The churches that are doing well, I cannot even pick anyone. Is it a college church or where? The churches that are doing well in the world now are the churches that also take tight. Because you need that money to, to come consistently so that you can keep pushing. And then the other things come and top it up. Any attack against the church um, would definitely be attacked against the money of the church so that uh, the money would drive, drive them. My encouragement to all of us is that if you are paying tight, the, the, the key word is don't call it tight if it is not 10%. Just call it, I'm giving something to God. But once you, make, you want to make it 10%, make sure it's 10%. And prefer that people give you do more, do more, you know, than that. One man uh, I was listening to finally. Um, I was in the church and I was listening to one man. He's one of the richest men in, in Kumasi now. Um, oh, I forgot his name. He's in Kwadasu. Uh, Kwadasu, one of our elders. He's in Chukostor. There are several coastal. He said the practice he has done is that, like I was saying, I think he's following the, uh, the more than one time principle. He pays 10% to, to, to the church and then he pays the next 10%. Um, he uses it to take care of the pastors in this area or in his church. Now that he has grown big, he used to take care of the pastors in the area. He used to be his pastor, but now the money is so big that he's taking care of pastors, not pastor. And then he has also employed 23 elders. The only job is to pray for him. Yes, 23 of them. He even pays the asnets. He pays even the asnets just to pray for him. 23 of them. So, as for giving, once you come to understand God, you realize that 
giving is not a burden it's a privilege i pray that um this letter we have heard it will enhance our typing and then we'll be able to keep paying our tithe to the glory of god amen amen, amen. Oh, praise the lord hallelujah, hallelujah.